Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is May 8th, 2020. Uh, it's Mother's Day weekend coming up. So for all you mothers out there, and all, all single dads too, I guess, you know, what defines, obviously, let's not redefine things, but a mother is someone that has carried a child and delivered it at birth, but it's also the person that gives that love and compassion, that, um, ability to guide that motherly, uh, as they say, love. And that can be found in many faces other than just the person that has given birth to you. Um, and that can come, you know, from, um, female figures and even male figures. I, I know that the male figure is more of the, um, you know, hard edged stability as, as they would say, um, strength type of figure. And the mother is always the one with compassion. Uh, the one that understands the one that embraces and the one that creates the foundations for one to flourish. So, uh, you know, however you would like to take that, I, um, want to tell all the mothers out there, you're doing a great job considering, uh, our times. I mean, yes, they're not our times <laughs> in comparison to others that were worse, right? Where people would hang in the middle of squares and people would get popcorn and watch. But, um, these times are worse because the time we live in now, we are unable to discern what's fact or fiction. We are unable to see things for what they are. We are so mesmerized that even something that is screaming out to you, wait a minute, wait a minute, you automatically deny, you talk yourself out of it. And you know, this is why times are so dangerous. Uh, so, uh, on that note, speaking of dangerous times, uh, what I wanted to do was start with the, uh, morning, um, you know, Fox, uh, interview of president Trump. I, I think it was, uh, a great and very telling interview. So I'm going to start right off the gate. Um, so we could take a listen to it. Here we go. Michael Flynn, it looks like he's heading toward exoneration. Let's bring in Brett Tolman right now, former U.S. attorney from Utah, former federal prosecutor, holed up in a lovely cabin, but able to stay all over this story that's breaking over in Washington. Uh, first off, Brett, if people on the uh, look at this case and aren't as involved as we are and have, a little, have the chance to get to know Michael Flynn and what kind of character he is, he's got great character. They say, wait a second. He admitted to lying, cut a deal, reversed his course, now is exonerated. These are a series of things that are really linked to each other. What do you say to them? Well, I say finally prosecutorial discretion was used properly. Um, this case is troubling and, and, and not for perhaps just the fact that they, they went after an innocent man. What's troubling is it's the first time many of us have seen at the highest levels of the Department of Justice and at the FBI an effort to work together, knowing there was no basis for an underlying investigation and sending agents in, basically weaponizing their ability to take someone down. And, and that's what it looks like, is a concerted effort at the highest levels. I never thought I'd, thought I'd see that in my lifetime. 
It's unbelievable. It really is. Now, um, Jim Comey and Andrew McCabe, of course, they don't agree with this. They're calling it politics. They both tweeted. Uh, Jim Comey said the DOJ has lost its way, but career people, please stay because America needs you. The country is hungry for honest, competent leadership. And then Andrew McCabe tweeted this, um, or he released the statement. He said, today's move by the Justice Department has nothing to do with the facts or the law. It is pure politics designed to please the president. Does the evidence that we have seen, though, uh, does it prove that these guys, it's not just politics? The truth is that Flynn is innocent? Yeah, I, I mean, let's let's back up just just a bit, because Jim Comey, my message to Jim Comey is he should keep his mouth shut right now. And, and, and Andrew McCabe as well. And the reason I say that is the inspector general has already found there were misrepresentations, omissions, leaking that occurred by those two individuals in the Department of Justice and the FBI. The politics that was being played was utilizing uh, an FBI interview where you don't follow policy, you don't warn the target that you're there investigating them and they're entitled to have a, a, a lawyer present. And then when A.G. Barr says that it was a trap, it was a trap. The, the cryptic notes are at least good enough to tell us that they weren't asking the question, what's our goal if he lies? They asked the question, what's our goal to get him to lie? To take down a sitting national security advisor and why? Because they had to have it in order to justify what they were trying to do with FISA and, and the investigation of this president. Brett, when you think about what you just said, you know, uh, we heard in, in Griff's report that apparently Sally Yates, the deputy attorney general for the United States of America, was in the Oval Office and Barack Obama told her about the call between Flynn and the Russian ambassador. This was during the transition. This was before the inauguration, the president of the United States knew about this. And we have heard the current president of the United States say that, you know, he had a feeling it went really high up in the West Wing. How high would it have had to have gone? I mean, if right now uh, Donald Trump, uh, his Department of Justice or FBI uh, had this kind of operation against Joe Biden, Certainly the attorney general would know, and probably the president, right? So how much do you think the Obama administration and as high up did it go in the chain of command? Let's stop right there. Barack Hussein Obama told her, right? So what does that mean? Did Barack just smell his fingers and say, I think this conversation happened? No. Again, it would be his intelligence. And obviously, we all know Clapper is dumb as rocks. And so is Brennan. Brennan is one of the most stupidest people out there. But the thing about Brennan is like he's the thing. You know what I mean? He has blackmail on everyone. He knows, you know, he is the the walking, you know, swamp advertisement. So he had dibs on Everyone, Dibs, I would say, he had the highest, he had the fattest wallet with blackmail currency, okay? So if Obama knew it, it's because it came from Brennan. Brennan has been the Barack Hussein ear whisperer. I've seen it myself before he was even president, you guys. You know where he got the information from. You know who fed it to Barack Hussein Obama. 
We're not going to pin this on, oh, it was Christopher Steele's fault. Who paid for him? Oh, it was this clown's fault. Who paid for him? Oh, it was this. Who gave the order? How high does it go? Impeach 44. That's what it's about. That's how high it went. Before this is all over, I think you're going to see that there was direct communication from the president at the time, President Obama, um, indicating or directing the Justice Department. Sally Yates may be key to this. We don't know. Um, directing the Justice Department to pursue an investigation of an incoming president. Take take a step back and look at the, the alleged misconduct by... Yeah, it's unbelievable. Take a take a step back and look at the misconduct that they're alleging Flynn uh, committed. He is the national security advisor to the incoming president. The Obama administration left a Trojan horse for them by issuing in sanctions, times of questionable sanctions. So the ambassador wants answers, wants doesn't want the, the, the sanctions, wants to know what is the next administration going to do. Flynn indicates that he is going to look into it, that the administration will properly look at what what occurred. What they didn't want was to have an incoming president undo anything that the existing administration, the Obama administration, had done. So in order to do that, you have to operate at the highest level in order to reverse that course or to Mm -hmm. take down a sitting president that they don't like and they don't think is going to do what they wanted done. Wait. What do you mean they're not going to do what they want it done? What do you mean? What did they want to be done? Ask yourself that. And and it's so true. And by the way, if you want to continue your policies, Hillary Clinton had to win the election. When she didn't, uh, they had to come up with a plan B. This looks like their plan B. Okay, continue with their policies. Hillary Clinton would have and they didn't. Yes, that is a reoccurring theme for anyone that has sat down and read some of these, uh, you know, questions that they pose to all these people. The going theme was he was destroying the policies that we had set. And, you know, now that he was in transition, uh, you know, all the other leaders didn't want to talk to us. They were waiting for him to come into power. And that's not fair. It's like he destroy. He was destroying everything we created. And and it's like, because what you created was rubbish. What you created was a disabled America, an America with no army, no Navy, no Air Force, no money, no trade. And then you're whining because we're reversing that course. And, you know, you're not going to be enriched anymore. And all these lobbies that you want to create won't work anymore. And America first is racist, of course. You know, this is what they said. Please. And just quick before we move on, Jeff Jensen was the U.S. Attorney reviewing the Flynn case who made the recommendation to A.G. Barr. It's hard to imagine him being political. We'll move on. Let's talk about the Russia probe and the release of transcripts that reveal what went on behind closed doors for the last two years as 53 interviews uh, come into the public. And another satchel of, uh, of interviews are about to go public if we're to see what uh, Rick Cornell had uh, with him yesterday in Ed Henry's reporting. But what really right. struck out with me and maybe everybody was James Clapper, the former DNI. Here's what he said in July 2017 uh, to that council. I never saw any direct empirical evidence that the Trump campaign or someone in it was plotting, conspiring with the Russians to meddle with the election. Isn't that interesting? He's getting paid a lot of money, I imagine, on CNN and said the exact opposite. Let's watch him. If there was an active collusion proven, then I think what we have here is a case of uh, passive collusion. Do you agree with Andrew McKay that it's possible that the president of the United States, the president, 
is a Russian asset. Well, the way I completely agree with the way Andy characterized it, you know, that, that it, is a, it is a possibility, and I would add to that, caveat that, whether witting or unwitting. After the Helsinki performance and since, that I really do wonder whether the Russians uh, have something on him. What a great case officer uh, Vladimir Putin is. He knows how to handle uh, an asset, and that's what he's doing with the president. Your thoughts on the James Clapper under oath as opposed to the James Clapper on television? The thing that's the most frightening to me is they wanted a narrative to be true. And so they they spoke about that narrative. They pressed that narrative. They convinced people of that narrative all while they had no facts to justify it. That's a scary kind of uh, use of power and and in our intelligence community in our department of justice in our investigative community in the fbi the fact that they're willing to use their power to eventually convince nearly half the country of something they knew to not be true in order to attack a president they didn't like that's the scariest coup attempt i can think of because they do it under the guise of law it is so frightening when you hear him when he's speaking under oath in front of this intelligence committee, the House Intelligence Committee, and then he goes on national television over and over and over and says something totally different, it just shows the people that are in charge what their mission was. And is this is this evidence that they didn't like this president being elected? So they thought, we're going to abuse our, pa- abuse our power, and we're going to try to, like you said, a coup. We're going to try and throw him out. What was their backup plan? Right. What if they succeeded? I don't think they had one. That's right. They, they believed the ends would justify the means no matter what. They fell for, for all of the hype and the press, uh, you know, pushing Hillary Clinton to be president. All of this would have been covered. It would have been a dark chapter that would be difficult to illuminate and to have transparency. And, and now we finally might have some transparency because people are realizing that you you had no results in the Mueller investigation. The Russia collusion fell apart. Prosecutions seem to be utilized in order to justify their behavior are now falling apart. So you have an attempt by individuals in this country to take down because they think they're smarter than everyone else and they're to be trusted, but not who the, who the voting public put into office. That is frightening, Ainsley, and I agree with you. That, that we have to be on guard going forward. It's frightening that you would refer to it as a coup attempt, just saying. Uh, let's switch gears. Let's talk a little bit about where we are regarding the pandemic. Uh, today in Texas, they are officially allowing barbershops and salons to open. But about 10 days ago, Shelley Luther decided, you know what? I- I'm out of money. I'm going to have to reopen. She got a cease and desist order. She tore it up. She was ordered jailed. Yesterday, the uh, governor of the great state of Texas signed an executive order, freed her, as did the Supreme Court. She was on with Sean Hannity last night and talked about her decision to open the doors despite the governor's, uh, rather, despite the guidelines that said she had to keep closed till today. I just woke up one day and I said, I have to open. My stylists are calling me. They're not making their mortgage. I was at, at right now. I still am not caught up. I'm two months behind on my mortgage. 
Um, and my stylists were telling me that they wanted to, you know, what do you think if I go underground and go to people's houses? And I just said, you know, that's not a good idea because we can't control the environment there. We, we don't know if it's been disinfected or anything like that. And I just decided I would open to create a safe place for the stylists and uh, to make sure that I wasn't the reason they weren't making money. Brett, it's a tough decision. I mean, she had a choice. The judge said, you want to apologize? You want to go to jail? She said, I, look, I, I had to work. I will go to jail. And she did until yesterday. Your reaction quickly. Yeah, I, I mean, there's inconsistency that is outrageous. Uh, Home Depot can remain open, and, and yet we we somehow exercising our police power to come down on the very individuals that need it the most. Um, so I'm glad to see what the governor did, and I hope that this starts to send a message across the country to preserve our constitutional rights rather than infringe on them. Yeah, and then uh, they did act yesterday. The governor the said reaction. you no longer can jail somebody for any of these uh, pandemic re responses, so no one's going to jail again. Uh, thanks so much, Brett Tolman. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, that wasn't the president. Um, okay, so all of you know that we have had um, issues with my audio. Here we go. There it is. It's right here. Weeks ago that you want to make sure that the cure is not worse than the pandemic itself. And if you hear right. stories about Shelley Luther down in Texas, who was locked up, thrown in, in prison for or in jail, for and find a lot of money. People came out of the woodworks to support her. Lots of money raised on on um, on her. Um, what is it called when you uh, GoFundMe page? GoFundMe. Exactly. Thank you. And then um, Sean Hannity last night interviewed her and said he's going to give a donation to her. And she was um, full of emotion there. And then you've got this sheriff out in California who's saying I'm not going to arrest people or fine people if they don't if they open up their businesses because he said I don't want to criminalize people who are just trying to work. Here's Shelley Luther if you if you missed it on Hannity last night. Okay. I just woke up one day and I said, I have to open. My stylists are calling me. They're not making their mortgage. I was at, at right now. I still am not caught up. I'm two months behind on my mortgage. Um, and my stylists were telling me that they wanted to, you know, what do you think if I go underground and go to people's houses? And I just said, you know, that's not a good idea because we can't control the environment there. We, we don't know if it's been disinfected or anything like that. And I just decided I would open to create a safe place for the stylists and uh, to make sure that I wasn't the reason they weren't making money. Mr. President, what was your reaction when that judge threw her in, in jail for seven days? I thought it was terrible. I thought he was a terrible judge. The governor agreed with me because the governor and the attorney general, they have a great attorney general, Paxson in Texas. But the governor was with me yesterday, Greg Abbott. He's a fantastic governor. He was incensed. He couldn't believe it. And uh, she's an incredible representative for a large group of people that want to do the same thing. They want to get back to work. These people want to get back to work. We know they've everybody's done what they have done. And you can only do that so long. And that causes death also. If you look at all of the the problems that people have with drugs and suicide and they lose their jobs and anxiety and all of the things that are caused by that, uh, that's a big problem, too. You know, people don't realize that. And I will tell you, you look at some cases, some people think they're doing it for politics. Here we go again. But they think they're doing it because it'll right. hurt me the longer it takes to hurt me in the election, the longer it takes to open up. And I can see some of that because some of these 
Some of these people are being unrealistic. They're being ridiculous. I've looked at a couple of states that are being absolutely ridiculous. But ultimately, the people are forcing it. I see what's going on. And Gavin Newsom has been very generous to me in his statements, and I appreciate it. But, you know, I think they can move a little quicker in California, to be honest. And I think the people are forcing it. The people are going to force it. Now, not in all cases. In some cases, you have to keep it going longer. But we've learned things in the last two months. We've learned a lot about it. And we may have fires and we're going to put the fires out. We may have, I say, embers, but we also may have some fires and some reasonably big ones, but we'll put them out. We've learned a lot about this uh, scourge, this disease. And uh, But you can't just, we can't close our country for two years. You know, I have, I, I had one doctor says, well, we could keep it two or three years. That would be wonderful. You wouldn't have a country. Your country would break. And we're going to have a fantastic next year. We will have a record or almost record next year. We're mm-hmm. going to have a transition in the third quarter, and it's happening already. You can see it. And there's spirit now. There's a lot of spirit because we have over 30 states that are back or very strongly coming back, and that's going to be a lot higher soon. There's a transition that's taking place. So the third quarter is going to be a transition. Fourth quarter, I think, is going to be very good. And I think next year we're going to have one of the best years we've ever had. If you don't have somebody getting in and gumming up the works and doubling and tripling your taxes like Sleepy Joe wants to do. He has no idea what he's doing. Right. And that's 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 excellent point that he brings up there. So we're seeing a comeback in regards to uh, how um, our nation is going forward. Right. And we're seeing it. It's happening. And so as we see it moving along uh, that, you know, states are opening back up, businesses are getting up and, you know, ready to work. Right. We're seeing this. Right. He's telling you that the best is yet to come. You're all, you are all going to see next year. Next year we'll be here and you'll see just how awesome it's going to be. Because what people need to understand is the economy was his baby. He took something, put a big fat bandaid on it and was hoping it would heal itself. And it was. We were seeing the little cross go over the scar, right? But the problem was that there was an infection. Um, and uh, both, uh, pun intended, we had this, uh, you know, infodemic come in. And he rode that wave like a boss. Um, allowed them to, you know, pu- push this out. And he used the- something that was intended for evil was turned into good. And this allows us to restart the American economy from the bottom up. So this allows us, so I really don't care how much our country's debt is because gold is coming back. And for all of you that don't understand that money thing, I I urge you to go back to my older shows about gold. And we're going to start talking about that just before Labor Day too. We're going to start talking about that more. Uh, So uh, we're going to visit that and see how indeed um, our economy can be shifted and how we can fix uh, what is happening right now. I mean, we have extreme lockdowns going on. We have a lot of governors drunk on power. 
We have a lot of mayors drunk on power, right? We saw that with Almeida County. Uh, we saw yesterday where I played the clip where they were like, yeah, we're going to come to your house and remove you if you don't have more than one bathroom, uh, where they're going to be stalking you. They're going to have contact police, which is pretty much Gestapo. They should just go around with like an SS sign on their arm saying, have you met with this person? Did you go shopping at TJ Maxx that day? You know, hey, did you ride this bus? Uh, you know, things like that. All of this is coming out so that people realize what a Democrat controlled nation would be like without the fluff and the perfume and, and the media fanning out the smoke. So it dissipates because if you look at the Obama administration, no matter where you sit on the political aisle, right or left, if you look at it in retrospect, so much more is apparent. And all you think is, how did I not see that? How did I not see that? And I do that all the time uh, from my personal life to my career life to, to anything. I'm thinking, how did I miss that? How did that even happen? Why did that even happen? I'm very, very upset. And so think about it this way. Look at it in retrospect and say, boy, and accept the fact that you were duped. All of us were, right? All of us. And that they had misused our confidence in them through elections against us. They weaponized their offices against us. More to come after this break. The forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. Every decision will be made to benefit American workers and American families. America will start winning again, winning like never before. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. Do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable. Okay, I'm not going to play the Flynn Defense Fund right now because that's done. So let's just skip over to our other ad. That ad will be replaced with something else coming up soon. Hi, I'm Laura Loomer, and I'm running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District. Wouldn't it be horrible if we lived in a nation where journalists were silenced just because they confronted the political and media elite? You might think that could never happen in America, but it did. And to me. 
For confronting people like Hillary Clinton on her corruption and Ilhan Omar for her ties to radical Islamic terror groups, I have been banned on pretty much every single social media platform. And if that doesn't sound extreme enough, I'm also banned on Uber and Lyft. I know, I cannot understand that last one either. When this all happened to me, I contacted the media and members of Congress. I asked them for help. I kept calling, I kept emailing, but I never received a reply. And that's when it hit me. I'm a well-known journalist who has the phone numbers of the most powerful people in politics and media, yet I couldn't get any assistance. What on earth would the average American do if the same thing happened to them? I realized then that if I wanted to see change, that I would need to run for office. The American people deserve representation that listens to and acts on their concerns. So here I am, running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District, because the American people deserve a voice and a representative who, like President Trump, will keep the promises they make and speak up loudly and clearly for that silent majority. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. So I think this half hour, I want to talk about missed opportunities. And for me, it's a little bit, I'm a little bit salty because of this coronavirus. I missed some opportunities. I'm not even going to, and, and this is just personal, right? And I'm sure a lot of uh, a lot of you out there um, had the same um, issue in one way or another, right? <laughs> missed opportunities. So missed opportunities come and go all the time. And it's when we should recognize when it's out of our control, like the missed opportunity that I'm really salty about right now. <laughs> I couldn't have any control over. So, um, but we need to um, kind of in retrospect think how all of this, how we've missed opportunities and how it wasn't in our control. I mean, I say it all the time when I'm so salty and so upset, like, why are we reporting this is news now? Why is Daniel Jones coming to the forefront now? Why is everyone talking about Feinstein now when I and others were talking about them when it should have been important over a year ago? Why are people now talking about Dan Coats rather than at the time that he mocked our president on a global stage? Why, why, why? Okay, out of our control. Well, maybe we should in retrospect look at these missed opportunities and try to understand where we lack um, as a whole, not as just an individual person, in amplification. This is indeed something that I've been putting out. I mean, I was bold enough uh, back in 2018 to tell you guys, uh, no one's the news except for you. The news are very personalized. So when you, when you think about it, you know what you want to be informed on. I want to know what's going on in the Middle East. I want to know what's going on in Africa. I want to know what's going on in the U.S. I want to know what's going on in my backyard, my county, my city. You know who, where you want to look. And you know to what degree of analysis you want, right? Do I want someone to like spoon feed me and I just take their word for it? Do I want like, oh, he here's this. Now go look for it and look at it. Do I want to be entertained with comics, memes, videos, audio? What do I want? We all curate our own content, right, uh, of what we like to see, kind of the way I look at news, forums, groups, everything, right? I look at everything at the same time, and I curate what I want from that. 
So how are we to blame that it's taken three years for us to move forward, to come through that barrier and realize that the fix was in. Remember that FISA, uh, FISA fix or the Flynn fix, um, as I called, was going to be the release of the Kraken. And this is where we get the avalanche. You know, as I said last week, think about it this way. What if their trap or their plan to box in Roger Stone, to box in Manafort, to box in Flynn, all was a plan. And unfortunately, with Roger Stone and Manafort and Cohen um, mingling with all these clowns, with the Podesta, working with these people, that people, whatever, right? That they could manufacture charges, manufacture complaints, or kind of just stretch the truth a little bit and make it seem like something when it's not, right? So... What if with General Flynn, since they had nothing, all they had was blackmail, hold him down, tell him we're going to do this. And let me tell you something. You're going to sit there and think, well, if they blackmailed him and told him, well, we're going to go after your son, you know, one might think, well, what did Junior do? Well, think about it this way. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't do anything, but I'm a parent. And if someone says, yeah, you don't do this, I'm going to go after your kid. And then I have to think. Um, my kid, um, did she do anything? I have to think, can I ask her? Oh my gosh, they're going to listen. And what if I ask her and they have nothing. And when I'm asking them, they hear her say, Oh dear mom, I stole that hubba bubba once. Or I don't know. I forgot to do this document and I filed it late and I totally lied and I changed the date instead of Tuesday. I put it Monday and I totally did that just to cover myself because I overslept or, you know, something dumb, anything, or there's absolutely nothing. It could be just about of a period where your child for three days decided that it's going to binge watch Netflix and stay home and talk to no one, turn their phone off and eat popcorn. And because those three days are dark of them just sitting there eating popcorn, watching movies, going dark, uh, they can just insert information because yes, they can. They manufacture information all the time. And he would say, well, that's a little bit far-fetched. So it was far-fetched that they would entrap a general. So it was far-fetched that they would make a normal quasi-official conversation look as if it's espionage or treason, right? So it was far-fetched that they manufactured their 302s. So it was far-fetched, but it happened. So put nothing past them. They will stop at nothing to maintain power, nothing to maintain those skeletons in the closet that we are all starting to see the toes creep out of. They will stop at nothing. So putting it again, if someone was to say, I'm going after your kid, even though I know my kid is amazing, I'd be like, all right, where do I sign? I'll I'll just say anything, even though I'm innocent, I'll sign this. So you stay away from my kid. If you guarantee you leave my family alone, I'll do this. How many of you would do that? I would. Because even if my kid did nothing wrong, I can't know everything and I can't know if, did my child have a dark period? Uh, did they steal hubba bubba? Were they stupid enough to trust someone they shouldn't? Something like that. Anything can happen. Your job as a parent is to protect that child that you created, regardless if there's something there or not. So again, they exploited that. And so what if, what if... Something that was intended for evil again was turned into good. What if this was understood as such really quickly and happened? What if there were, I don't know, time traveler somewhere that 
said, hey, this is their trap. This is what they're doing. How are you going to mitigate it? And it's coming. How do you make it? So I'm just saying, what if? There's a lot of what ifs. In the end, something that um, I've been saying, and I I believe others have, is that Flynn was going to be just fine. He was never going to be sentenced. Sentenced. You know, because you see a lot of people on the right saying, oh, we got it right. We said that he was going to get no jail time. No, but you said that he was going to be convicted. And, you know, the, he admitted twice, he confessed twice, dude, I would confess a hundred times if I could guarantee that my child would be left alone forever and ever, um, regardless if they did or didn't do anything. These are the worst people you want on your kids. Worst. Worst. So again, you have to think, what was it about? General Flynn. And it's not a time for this conversation anyway. Because we all know. And we hear, you know, the 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 clowns, the IIA, General Jones controlled puppets, tell you, oh, he knew where the bodies were buried. And man, he knew a lot more than just bodies. Let's get that straight. He was a general. And I want you guys to take a look at all the generals of the United States and see what they're up to once they're no longer generals. And then you'll see just how well networked they are and what they operate on. And then compare and contrast, you know, because for some reason, I don't know, a lot of them forget the oath they took. A lot of them, not General Flynn. So anyway, um, I wanted you guys to listen to the take of what Giuliani said in regards to, um, you know, the people that were involved in General Flynn's case and how they should be prosecuted for a conspiracy. Because, you know, a conspiracy means that you collude with a bunch of people together to, you know, it's a plan. It's planning to cause harm, right? Take a listen to this. Here now, a man who was with Flynn from the campaign to transition and who sat face to face with Mueller. Rudy Giuliani, former New York City mayor. Rudy, today seemed to signify the real beginning of the unraveling of the deep state as we know it. Do you agree? I, I, I believe this is a very important day. First of all, justice has been done for a man who's been treated uh, a totally unjustifiable way. And this is a man that the Obama administration was out to get from the time that he wouldn't lie for them. And it, it has something to do with him, and it has something to do with the fact that they knew they were trying to frame Trump, and they didn't want Flynn in the way. They wanted Flynn out because they thought he was the only one that really would understand their tricks. There's a lot to what Comey was saying when he said he wouldn't have tried this on a more experienced administration. And they wanted Flynn out of the way because they knew they were going to carry out Strzok's insurance policy to remove illegally a sitting president of the United States. These people are terrible people. It's one of the worst things that's happened in our history. And they should be prosecuted for conspiracy. Uh, they they Rudy, should not be allowed to get away with this. This is a very, very serious documents released by the House Intel Committee crime. today. Rudy, Rudy, new House Intel documents that were revealed, uh, they revealed something very interesting. Obama knew all the details of the wiretapped uh, Flynn, <laughs> the phone calls with Kislyak. Sure all right. So this wasn't all that surprising. <laughs> this, and, and by the way, remember when they, they, they said that he had to be kept in the loop? Remember that little memo? 
uh, you know, yeah, from, yeah, from yeah, Peter yeah, I mean, Strzok and yeah, all of that. <laughs> You're not surprised, are you? I'm not surprised. I, no, you know, I'm not. But the American uh, Obama people probably to know. Obama. I mean, Flynn outed Obama years before. I mean, three, four years before, when Obama wanted him to lie about ISIS. I mean, uh, Flynn could, Flynn and Flynn knew where the bodies were buried. So Flynn was a dangerous man. And it isn't just to get Trump, it's to facilitate their attempt to get Trump. They wanted Flynn out of the way. And they had attempted it before. They started an investigation of him in 2017 on a ridiculous Foreign Agent Registration Act case. So this, 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 and they held on to the case. They held on to the case. They never really prosecuted it because they had achieved their objective by leaking it. But then, when Mueller yeah. came in, and then he had Weissman around that would prosecute, you know, a little baby or anything, if they had anything to do with Trump, they brought the case. That was probably the stupidest thing they did. They really had achieved their objective when they got him fired. But they were so now, darn Rudy, ethical, they how, had to go ahead and try to prosecute Hold on, him hold on. Here's how, here's how Adam Schiff responded, Rudy, to the DOJ's dropping the Flynn case. We lost 50 years worth of ground in solidifying the independence of the Justice Department after Watergate. It's back in the category of almost an emerging democracy where the rule of law is not yet firmly established, where prosecutorial decisions are made on the basis of politics. It, it all gets back to sort of the Rudy Giuliani truth is in truth, Kellyanne Conway, we're entitled to our own alternate facts, world that Donald Trump lives in. Rudy, since when has well, Adam Schiff been concerned about like the truth? <laughs> I think Adam Schiff is part of the conspiracy to unseat a lawfully elected president. Uh, lying for two years, misrepresenting that he had material evidence, which he didn't have. Uh, we take a good look. We take a good look at that whistleblower. It's going to take you right back to the beginning. You know that. Adam Schiff has been involved in this from the beginning. And some of them are easy. I mean, Comey and Strzok and Page and possibly Clapper and Brennan. But did it go as high as Obama? And can you get Schiff? Those are the two big questions. Uh, but I think Schiff has been a part well, of this almost from well, the beginning. Right, Rudy. Rudy, thank you so much. Great to see you tonight. <laughs> he's just a complete, he's a complete sleazebag. Totally. And the thing is, um, Schiff is in the middle of all, he was uh, ordained to take this home. Can I say it that way? So I went through and in the second hour, I'll elaborate just how important this is. And I'm trying to put it together because this weekend, this weekend, weekend in general is when I have time that I'm not doing schoolwork with my kid. I'm not, you know, a hundred percent mom. It's also me. Ooh, and it's also mother's day. So I'll probably spend finishing up the three articles that I'm still putting together because they should be there to be immortalized forever. Uh, so we have all of it in one place. Um, but there's going to be, aside from the, hey, let's ask Peter Strzok about Michael Hastings, um, we should talk about how Schiff in 2017 spoke with Christopher Steele to get direction on how to question and depose and interrogate people. Ah, yes. So I myself had seen that communication and it didn't make sense. I was thinking, why would Schiff be talking to Christopher Steele in 2017? But I had that in the back of my mind because I saw that communication and I was a little bit perplexed because it was kind of like, 
Schiff wasn't even somebody that anybody was talking about at that time. And, you know, it kind of was like, "Mm, I'm going to sit on that. And then yesterday I was reading somebody's interview and I was like, oh my gosh, that was it. Because most of these interviews seemed as if they were all trying to get gotcha moments. Gotcha moments on the Trump administration, gotcha moments on, you know, the Trump campaign team of 2016, gotcha moments on everything, like really stretching. It's like, for example, let's pretend I'm a hairdresser and, you know, uh, I don't know, um, Sir Branson walks in and I cut his hair, right? And he's a customer. I cut his hair. And not only that, I cut his hair every month, but we didn't talk. I just gave him a buzz cut and he left. Um, I provided services to him. And then, uh, you know, Joe owns an apartment building and the same guy, Sir Branson, and I'm bringing him up because he's going to be coming up uh, this um, these next couple months in conversation. Um, and then probably, I would say 2021, he'll come up again conversation in regards to Barack Hussein Obama, but, you know, Epstein-ish style. But um, so let's pretend that Joe has an apartment building and Sir Branson buys an apartment uh, with his company uh, so that uh, his employee can live there or his employee buys an apartment. How's that? Better. And so they buy an apartment and then suddenly Sir Branson is outed as a, a, a criminal, an organized crime. And then you find me, the hairdresser, oh, um, you know, because I'm part of the people prosecuting this criminal. Hey, you know, you know, you cut his hair and it's like, yeah, I cut a lot of people's hair. Yeah. So you cut his hair. So you're involved in his crime syndicate. Uh, no, I was just cutting his hair. Then they go to Joe. Hey, Joe, you sold him an apartment. Yeah, I have like 3,000 apartments and I didn't sell him an apartment. Uh, somebody else went and bought it. I didn't. Yeah, but that means that you're part of the crime syndicate too. Um, No, it doesn't. It means that they bought an apartment. This is just how far-fetched some of these gotcha moments went. They really wanted to make it out. And then I thought to myself, as I'm seeking to find more so that I can bring this out, and I thought, well... Why would Schiff be so tasked to do this? I mean, it's, was he Obama's bestie? Was he, no. He needed to make sure that those things that he was part of, that were part of this criminal organization, this criminal shadow government, were concealed. He has a vested interest, just like all of them do. Now, having said that, I want to make something very clear. For a very long time, I've been telling you to use your noodle and your common sense. Now, if you need to understand just how big of a war this is, I want you to think, CIA, FBI, white hats, black hats, mainstream media, not mainstream media, patriotic media, right? Think of it all. Think of it all, right? And put it in a box. You want to give it a title? That's the bed they made. They're all going to lay in it. You know, uh, someone was saying uh, on my Twitter feed, because I'm trying to say something without saying something, but 
it's, I want you to understand that everything that you see going on is all part of a conglomerate cover-up. Now, someone said that, you know, with my comment, if we're truly free, a tea party would be welcome, not threatened with military quashing, which only served to bolster public awareness of government oppression. It's called a premature a psyop you know, whatever. Now he says that you're forgetting human nature. You're forgetting that they, you know, run spite pieces. And this is in reference to how CNN was, Oh my gosh, OEN is such a loser. Like why would they use their big platform to say that? Think about it. Why would they use their big platform to say that? Are, it's because they're a threat. No CNN. When they're threatened, they won't talk about you. Okay. When they're threatened, they keep their mouth shut. They don't do hit pieces because just like Roger Stone so eloquently said, it's better to be infamous than not be known at all. So you have to understand that there is no white or black hat, you know, white hat, black hat. There is no pro people media that's mainstream. There is none whatsoever because they're all driven by interests. And this is just to cause a thump up. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that every single person that's part of it is corrupt. Like I can tell you for a fact on Fox, people that you believe are 100% on your side have sold out people that were exposing corruption for their benefit. And that's going to come soon. So people need to understand that this is all a game and you're the actual prize. They're all fighting for you and they're all on the same team. Why do you think the tea party? Oh, I'm a Republican. I totally stand. Well, what have you been doing? Nothing, but you're talking about it and you're like, yeah, go get it. What have they done? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Uh, you know, why is, why is Lindsey Graham in the position he is? If he's useless, why haven't the other Republicans said, you know what? You need to move from this committee and let's put someone on that's willing to do something. Why haven't they done it? Cause they don't want to do anything. It's all faux show. Kind of like I said, the governor of Texas, great guy, the Lieutenant governor, great guy. A.G. Paxton, great guy. But think about it. Why didn't they just executive his derriere right off the bench? Because that's not how they wanted to do the faux show. Even though executing of ordering his tushy off the bench would have set great precedent to avoid things like this to happen. And it would help reinforce new laws in Texas to avoid this from happening again. They chose to do it the other way. Why? Self-preservation. So when you see something, whoa, that's so great. Huh, think again, man. That's so great. But even though it gives 10 points to freedom, it still gives four to no freedom. You have to be very um, 
you have to be very careful as what you see. The tweet I put out in regards to CNN carries more weight than you can understand because I'm getting people to, to ask themselves that question. You know, people are like, yeah, OAN, totally. Uh, pay attention to the video. Pay attention. Yeah, they're crybabies, and they, but they cry on their massive global platform for a reason. I mean, you know, it's, 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 it is what it is. And how's this? Even a white hat has a perspective. Okay. A white hat has a perspective. Uh, what I'm doing is righteous. Remember I talked about perspective, the CDC director that was talking, Oh yeah, we need the data. We need testing. We need this. It's not because he's looking at your data as a way of, Oh my gosh, I'm totally going to track you. And then I can weaponize this against you and make this. Nobody creates something to cause harm. Nobody pushes something in their soul to cause, to cause harm, right? They don't, that is not human nature, but just because they see it from their eyes doesn't mean that they're not satisfying and doing something for the side that sees it as a weapon. I'm just saying. So everyone believes their truth. This is why I say gray hats are the best. The ones that skirt the orbits of both and can stay in the middle, centrism. I mean, everything in moderation, that's the way it should be. So if you're too far right, it's not good. Too far left, obviously not good. You gotta be in the middle. You have to have this objectivity. And unfortunately, I've said this before, there is no objectivity. Everyone is subjective. This is why I say, when you wanna look at a problem, what do I say? Stand on the moon and look down. Remove yourself from the situation and observe it objectively as much as you can. And then it speaks to you. So for that tweet, for those of you that are listening now that have chimed in, stand on the moon and look at my tweet in a different perspective, in a perspective of not left, not right, but Goldilocks, right? Because there's a Goldilocks zone to everything. And there is a Goldilocks zone for politics too. I mean, that's what Eisenhower was doing to clean up all the rubbish from Truman and before him. Goldilocks. We'll get into that while we analyze what's happening in the news today. On that note, see you in a bit. Real news. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So I'm going to start it off with uh, one of my favorite before we get into the meat of uh, everything. So I'm going to start it off with my favorite, obviously. Um, <laughs> we all know who that is. And that's um, Tucker Carlson. And yesterday I was watching his show um, while I was standing up to have dinner because, yes, that's how busy I am. Could you imagine? I'm trapped in my house, but I'm busier than ever. And 
Well, let's just leave it at that for a second. Um, let's take a listen to what Tucker Carlson's analysis on America on Lockdown says. I just want you to listen to this and then we'll talk more about it. The country, people risk jail for trying to earn a living. But in other places, law enforcement officers are refusing to play along with what is so obviously a power grab with no basis in science. Mojave County, Arizona, is bigger than the state of Maryland by territory. So far, it's had fewer than 150 coronavirus cases. Now, the sheriff says he will not enforce Governor Doug Ducey's draconian stay-at-home order. Sheriff Doug Schuster joins us tonight. Sheriff, thanks so much for coming on. So you you will not enforce this. Why? Well, first of all, Tucker, thank you for having me. Uh, I, I want to be very clear. This is not the country that I grew up in. You know, I never thought I'd see a day where hardworking Americans are criminalized for trying to make a living supporting their family. We look at this uh, through the Constitution, which is very clear. Uh, it's, it's obvious to me that we have a lot of overreach, which is very damaging. And according to the Constitution, last time I checked, you know, the, the law of the land, in order for a law to be constitutional, it must fairly apply to all of our citizens equally. And that's not the case out here. And so having said that, I made the statement that I am not going to make criminals out of people who are trying to make a living, and I stand behind that statement. So does Doug Ducey believe your governor and believe that he has the right to supersede the Constitution? Has he explained this to you? I haven't personally spoken with Governor Ducey. I'm sure the man is doing what he feels is best. Uh, the concern I have is you're talking about guidelines that are coming from the CDC that are turned into executive orders, which are now being brought into to law. And we're literally making it a crime to try and make a living. And that's something that I am not going to stand for. Why should rules that apply to Maricopa County, which is the most densely populated county in Arizona, apply to Mojave County, which is obviously not? Well, that's a, that's a question that's been asked repeatedly. Every area is different based on geographical uh, basis. Mojave County uh, is a very rural county. We are very widespread. Yeah. And a lot of our county borders up to California, Utah, and Nevada. We continue, continue to see a large influx of people coming in uh, enjoying the summer, the activities that Arizona has to offer, specifically Mojave County, and yet we're telling our locals to stay in lockdown and that if they leave their houses or if they, uh, you know, dare go to work, there could be criminal uh, repercussions. And the concern I have, Tucker, it's very clear. In my hometown, in Lake Havasu City, many businesses are open. While others are being told they can't, even if they choose, even if they elect to operate their private business adhering to all the safety guidelines that are in place. No one's trying to downplay COVID, the COVID virus. We want everyone to be safe, right. but I think the American public is smart enough to make their own choices and decisions at this point. Well, they are free citizens in a free country, especially in Mojave County, work. Arizona, great place. And like you said, that's how it's supposed to work. So what is the point of all this confusion? You can work. You can't work. You can go outside, but you really can't go outside. You can go here, but you can't go there. And it's so confusing. Uh, there is a virus. There isn't a virus. Yeah, there's a virus, but it's just the flu. You should get a vaccine, but you shouldn't. You should take this medication, but you can't. This medication is working, but it's really not. Confusing, right? You don't know if you're coming or going. You're just like, all right, hold on a second. Hold on. I'm a little bit confused. Tell me what I can do to unconfuse myself. <laughs> How can I un <laughs> unfornicate myself from this situation, right? This is this is what everyone is thinking. All right, I am confused. 
The instructions are bizarre. The response is bizarre. And that is exactly what it's doing. What they have planned was to confuse you so hard that you just give up. But it's not working because we're a little bit hard-headed. And, you know, bottom line is <laughs> we're the news now. And we have to be careful with it. Mm, very careful with it. So what we need to remember is what is happening now. What are we seeing? There's a big, big dump of documents. There is a lot of evidence because of course, those people that did what they did, right? Those people that acted the way they did, did it because they believed that what they were doing was good for them or for what they see as good. They do it for something called self-preservation. So yesterday I saw this amazing compilation. And what I have to say on this is, I've said it from day one. His skiff had flies on the wall. The wiretap exists. Take a listen. I told you I'll come back. I just don't believe we're sitting here negotiating when I come back. We'll follow up with your office. How long would you like me to come back for next time? I've told you I'll accommodate you. I appreciate that, and I appreciate your uh, reminding us of the length of time other uh, secretaries have been here. This is a new way, and it's a new day. My colleagues might think it's okay. If you wish to leave, you may. You might think it's okay that later that day, and it's a new day. I don't think that's okay. If you wish to leave, you may. Uh, I would just say that you might think that's okay. The secretary has agreed to stay. I look forward to being back in May. I don't think that's okay. They did not treat the secretary of the treasury this way. It's a new day. If this is the way, this is a new way. You're instructing me to stay. I don't think that's okay today. And I'll stay. We'll work on a date. And you said, okay. And I have the gavel at this point. Uh, I don't understand what you're saying. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. It was a new chair. Uh, Can you clarify that for me? Yes, clarify. It's a new chair. And I have the gavel at this point. If you wish to leave, you may. Please dismiss everybody. I believe you're supposed to take the gravel and and bang it. Please do not instruct me as to how I am to conduct this committee. I have the gavel at this point. This committee is adjourned. Thank you. Okay, it is a clown show. And this is exactly how all of you think. There's a term in Greek, and I don't want to say it, but uh, you know what? I'll say it in Greek because not everybody knows Greek, so it's not going to come off too crass, even though it sounds crass and it is kind of, but it's not. All of us have, you know, just me and my like, yes. We're just standing in the middle, like, all right, um, so. How do I proceed again? It's like someone saying, okay, you want to go left and right at the same time. And you're just like, what? This is where you're at. You're stagnated on overload. You don't know which way to go. You're seeing something that is so unbelievable. You're like, stop, stop. We can't, this is no, mm-mm, stop, done. I'm finished. I don't need this. I'm done. Have you ever been to that point where you're just like, this is just way too much for me right now. So I'm just going to walk away. I'm just going to do up. up. It's like super done. You know, when you come across, (laughs) boy, have I come across people that are just like, um, I was helping. Here's a great example. I was, um, helping an older lady, um, you know, she couldn't pay her, um, her bill. And so I was helping her and I was like, so the bank said to you that you can stop, you know, your interest payments now. 
and um, they will resume in July. So by June 15th, the payment for March, April, and, and that's it, just March and April, uh, you'll have to pay it. Uh, there will be interest on your, on your loan. But, you know, there won't be any penalties for not being able to pay it. And you have up until June 15th to make that payment. Yeah, so um, so when June 15th come around, what about June's payment? I'm not talking about June's payment. We're just talking about March and April. There is no June payment as of now. And I don't know what's happening with the June payment, but you'll have that. And then your payment supposedly will resume in July unless the bank decides to extend the freeze on your account. But for these two months, since you didn't call us, you're going to have to pay that. And we're giving you up till that time. Okay. Yeah, but what's going to happen on June 15th? Because I want to know about June payment, July payment. Okay, for now, that payment is frozen, meaning not happening. But since you called us today, you're going to have to pay for March and April. And you don't have to worry about May. She skipped May. You don't have to worry about June. You just have to make March and April's payment till June. And then the we will be billing interest, but there will be no late payments. That's where, no, no, I'm not going to, oh, you're telling me to commit to pay March's and April's uh, by June 15th, but you're not telling me about May or June. That's because it's frozen, ma'am. And maybe, you know, frozen means you have to make no payments July, normally on your payment date, you're going to start making payments again, unless we extend the freeze. But what is it about May and June? What about those? You understood that. I understood that. Lady didn't. At that point, that's when you're like, all right, so do you want to do it or not? Well, I don't know. What about this? You're just like, I'm done. I, I can't explain it to you any other way. Like walk you through how you're just like, okay, so... This is a no-win situation. I cannot explain it in any other way, so I'm just going to walk away and let it be, right? That's, that's to a point that you come. This is exactly where we're at now. White hat, black hat, left, right, up, down. Huh. Just stay in the middle, dude. And you know what? Filter it all out and say, all right, what interests me as a citizen? Okay, I care about a good justice department. I care about a non-corrupt FBI. I care about the crown's influence through the CIA to disappear. I care about judges that don't call out treason and set up people that are innocent until proven guilty with fixed juries. That's what I care about. I care about the fact that I can't work care about it. I care about the fact that I'm not getting any assistance while this charade is going on because coronavirus is now political. I care about the fact that public discourse is being babied by clowns, you know, specifically Facebook appointed to their board. The chick that was talking about Baron Trump while she was testifying about the Ukraine. Remember? Yeah, that one is supposedly all knowledgeable and can sit there and discuss and say this should be safe and this is fair. A woman that thought Talking about a 13-year-old boy while testifying for the Ukraine BS that, you know, she's an expert about, apparently, for Schiff, um, decided, oh, let's just throw that little boy under the bus. Little boy has nothing to do with it. So these are the things that I care about. So I don't care what you're saying. I don't care what you're saying. Here's what I'm saying. If everybody did that, then you've embodied the true embodiment, you are the true embodiment of we are the news now, period. That is exactly what needs to happen. I mean, 
they will stop at nothing. They will, they will do everything, everything, everything to stop you. Everything. They will tell you where to look for news. They will tell you how to think. They will stop at nothing. So what is your job? To sit there and accept nothing, except for what speaks to you. Now, told you a long time ago that SCOTUS Gate's going to be really hot. Who'd we see? We saw. Hmm. Now we're going to be doing telephone things orally. Now, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's in the hospital. Whoop. Spare parts. Oh, oh, she's been released. Has she? Or is she making phone calls from there? We don't know. The media is just telling you what you're allowed to know. So you don't know. So just let's just keep it as, I don't know, but apparently she's still fuck functioning and she's still apparently existing. <laughs> Even though the deal was that she was going to hold out and she would never die until they get that spot. So now we see today, SCOTUS Gate, I told you. Hey, Justice Roberts, why are you holding the release of secret materials? What's in those secret materials? Well, it's not about Obama care and blackmail. It's about the meeting. And in the meeting doesn't really have all the names, even though he was uh, approached, you know, legal stuff. So we're going to be able to start seeing the bigger picture the minute we take a step back and say, all right, what did I say? The judiciary arm, look at it, from the moon. We've got three branches of government, right? Legislative, executive, judiciary. I don't care if you're the left or the right. You can say, I know where my executive branch sits. I could totally see it from my perspective. That could be good, or if you're insane with TDS, that could be bad. Then you have the legislative arm. Yeah, you can throw them in the bin right now through my point of view. And I think the left can agree with that too. Nothing is being done. So we already know. But what about the judiciary arm? What about lady justice that isn't blind? What about that? How do you respond to that? Ah, so my Supreme Court, my district courts, my federal courts, my state courts, my whatever, D.C. Circuit Courts, you name it, all corrupt. All of them. Not one of them is for the people. Not one of them is for the people. All of them bought and sold. That's the hunting ground. That's the playing ground where all of them get things done by the book, of course. Uh, well, their version of the book, of course. That's what's incredible. That the more you take a step back, the more you see the bigger picture. Because there is a bigger picture. It's a clear cut picture. They will stop at nothing. They will stop at nothing because the democratic party and all the rhinos with it. I want you to envision a hole in a floor and all of them are falling in that pit of fire and they are grasping at your ankles, screeching and ready to pull you down with them. That is a visual depiction of what is going on with these career politicians. They are screeching. They will stop at nothing. It's incredible. It's 
horrible. It's horrible that no one is looking at the greater picture. We're so focused on the smaller picture that we're missing the real things. We're missing the real things. So someone, and I think it was deleted, but I'm going to screenshot it. Send me a tweet saying doesn't do drugs. The president sniffles high half the time you see him on TV. Actually, President Trump has the same thing I think I have. He's a mouth breather like me. And, uh, you know, that has to do with adenoids. And I can, and I can see it um, from the way he, he um, speaks. He doesn't want to mouth breathe. So, you know, he tries to breathe through his nose, but, you know, it's like a, it's, it, I, I totally, you know, when he talks, I'm like him. My nose will sometimes drip if I'm talking and I'm trying to breathe through my mouth. It's a adenoid thing and I can hear it. And since, you know, I feel it, I, 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 you know, kind of, you know, I feel for him. <laughs> it's like, you know, people that have gout, they know what another person that has gout feels like, right? I don't have gout, so I can't, you know, you know, feel for it, but be like, ouch, that kind of hurts, I guess. But you know, <laughs> we really can't because we're not there. So, um, all the attacks will be coming like nobody's business and everyone, 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 everyone will start to see for what it is where everyone sits on what fence, how they move, how they act, how they speak at your expense. It's really important that you understand this and you have that in mind now as you hear Hannity, Hannity, speaking about how Comey used the Logan Act to squeeze General Flint. You mean the Logan Act that should be applied to a lot of people on the chopping block right now. Take a listen. It will take, well, the next 10 hours to give you all the news we have. We're trying to break it down as best we can. We have two breaking news stories we are tracking tonight. First, just moments ago, we received definitive evidence that the corrupt, the compromised congenital liar, that guy that I've been telling you about, Adam Schiff, he has willfully been deceiving you, we, the American people for years Transcripts he's been hiding from the House Intel Committee's witch hunt into Russian, quote, interference have finally been released. But thanks to the director of national intelligence, uh, yeah, and Attorney General Barr, Adam Schiff is being exposed as being a bigger liar than we even thought. Also, documents revealing bombshell new information on what Barack Obama knew about deep state spying. He knew a lot more than we ever knew. We have those details coming up. Also breaking tonight, the Department of Justice and Attorney General Barr rightly have dropped all charges against Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. And that means soon his nearly four-year nightmare and ordeal will be over. And only if the presiding federal judge, Emmett Sullivan, agrees with the DOJ's motion. Flynn was, we've told you for years, and is an innocent man. He's an honorable man, a 33-year veteran who served his country with distinction. But because of his support for President Trump, he, like the president, many other people around the president, they were subjected to years of total hell by a corrupt group of dirty cops, to quote Joe DeGeneva. First time he said it on this show, I flinched. They're dirty cops. All my family was in law enforcement. That's not how we believe cops act or FBI acts. 
And you know what? It was only 1%, not the rank and file. What happened to General Flynn is just the tip of the iceberg. We're going to lay out a comprehensive timeline of this corruption. We will detail the very real crimes that we believe were committed by these few high-ranking bad actors. We'll call out what is the media mob, the acting cheerleaders for government malfeasance. They were going after phony stories like Russia collusion and Ukraine quid pro quos, ignored Hillary's dirty Russian dossier, Russian disinformation from the get go. They ignored you're not getting the million unless you fire the prosecutor, paying my inexperienced son millions just to go after Donald Trump. It has been a two tiered justice system, two tiered coverage in your media mob. The attorney general is now speaking out. We have part of that interview he gave earlier tonight. Flynn's attorney, Sidney Powell, will join us. The great one, Mark Levin, will weigh in. And later, wow, thank God she's free. We will have an exclusive interview with Shelley Luther. She was the salon owner that was told, you apologize to the government or you're going to jail. What? Far left-wing judge put her behind bars, slapped her with a $7,000 fine because she wanted her employees to be able to feed their kids, and she refused to apologize for trying to feed her children and those that work for her. She's a hero for standing up to that judge. First, we've got to address what is the foundation of this great republic. What is it? Our Constitution, liberty, justice, equal justice under the law, equal application of our laws. People that abuse power, people that are corrupt, the powerful tools of intelligence misused, people with agendas. In this case, what was an attempt at stopping Donald Trump from being president and then undoing an election. In other words, they didn't like the choice of you, we, the people. So they did everything in their power, a lot of corrupt things and illegal things to take Donald Trump down. They've tried ever since he was elected and even before he was elected. Shortly after the DOJ's announcement, Lieutenant General Flynn, he tweeted out this video of his grandson. It reminds us that there are good people and that there is hope and that sometimes with good people in power, justice can and will prevail. Take a look. I just need to the block. I need to block. States of America and to the republic. Well, what's your stance for nation under God and the reservoir of liberty and disinformation? All right. Maybe you could teach Joe Biden how to say things. I don't know. Look, freedom is ringing because that was completed. And I'm going to refer to you, you know, I love Seth Dillon. I mean, his, you know, his, uh, his tweets are just incredible sometimes. Um, he's the CEO of the Babylon Bee, of course. And he tweeted something out today that I simply adored. And it said to me one thing, and maybe you can find it. It's all little letters that I see tweeted all the time. Do we recognize it in God's word too? Think about it. Do you recognize it in God's words too? Galatians, right? Do you remember, um, uh, for those of you that understand that when we help each other and we support each other, I told you guys yesterday, cause I knew what was coming that you should pat yourself on the back because without you, nothing like what we are seeing would happen. Galatians six, two carry each other's burdens. And in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. 
That is where we go one, we go all. We help each other. We support those. You can be the person that gives Harriet Tubman the shoes. You can be the person that, you know, gives that glass of water to the marathon runner that's doing it for you. You could be the person that wipes the sweat off the brow of the person carrying a cross that will benefit you. You support people, right? Um, by, telling them a kind word by, uh, you know, uh, buying them a coffee, right? You support people in your own way because you are carrying, they're carrying your burden as you are carrying theirs. And we work together. And in the end, where we go one, we go all. And that is how it comes to, because I have a special message guys right now for all of my listeners, and I'll incorporate this to be played that I want you to listen to that I just got just to play for you guys and listen to this after nearly four years my family's nightmare is finally over we couldn't have survived this without the love and support of the millions of patriots around the world thank you from the bottom of our heart that is from the flynn family for you because without support during this time how would our general carry that cross that cross that he has bared for all of us. He knew that he had to be that sacrificial lamb, that cross bearer in order to blow the top off of this whole thing. Because complaining about one man in this city and one man in the other city, a woman, a child, whatever, another politician, a, a soldier, anyone that is victim of corruption like the corruption that we have seen now play out in the most public of public places, in the most public of public squares. We would have never known. And no, we would have known, but nothing would have been done. Because simply telling you, Simply narrating to you, simply writing it out to you, simply publishing an article, a TV report, a, a, you know, talking to you on the radio isn't enough. You have to see it to believe it. And that is a problem because people lack faith. People lack to see good first. They always see evil first. And it's one thing that the swamp goes, well, remember, what did I tell you was their major currency? It's blackmail. Their major currency is blackmail and their major weapon is discrediting their opponent. It's not so much to crush you and throw you, you know, they throw you in jail. They discredit you. They do hit reports. They do this. They do that because if they discredit you and they put you in that box and they put mud all over you, even though you will speak the best of words, even though you are fighting for each and every person selflessly, some people just can't look past the mud, which is simply thrown at them from those demons that wish to obscure your message. This is what you have to think about. When you see actions as such. Our general would have never went to jail ever because we finally have a president in office that believes in what this nation was built to stand on. He believes in good. He believes in the innate good of people. And 
there's a lot of people out there that believe the same and do the same. It is you that has broken through. How did Comey put it? The fabric that they have weaved. And think of that fabric covering the whole United States, creating an echo chamber just for them. Well, it's you, all of us, that played a role in ripping a hole in that fabric and saying no. We will speak for ourselves. We will think for ourselves. We would like to see this nation as it was intended to be. Because do not forget, George Washington, the first president of this nation, was hated. He was considered a traitor. He was considered horrible, a dissident, just everything you can imagine they called him. But why did he successfully become the first president of the United States of America? Because the people were no longer listening to those that were throwing mud in his face, calling him a traitor, telling him that he is risking them. Because it was back then in 1776 when the people took a leap of faith. A leap of faith and said, no more. We don't know what's going to come of this. We will lose the security of the crown. We will lose this, but we're okay because we're going to build it bigger and better than ever. And that is exactly what the people of the United States of America did in 2016. We said, all right, we've never done this before. We've never had someone that says the things we think. We've never had someone that'll tell us, hey, I'm with you, not follow me. We've never had someone that acknowledges that we are supposed to have the power of speech in our nation, that we are in the driver's seat and not the clowns that are sitting in Washington, D.C. now or, you know, in their homes with their $20,000 refrigerators and chocolate ice cream. It is us. We are the shareholders of this nation. And we took that leap of faith. So every single time you're tired because things aren't happening fast enough, you have to remember before an avalanche comes, how much snow must fall? Tons of it. And you're like, are you done snowing yet? Come on, seriously. Like I'm so done. And it's still snowing. And it's like, all right, this snowfall will take it over the top. It didn't. This one will take it over the top. It didn't. And then it comes and you're like, whoa, okay. I see why I had to wait because right now, Treason, sedition, all of these things are coming. If you read, and I'm still reading, um, these interviews, the same scenario comes up. It's something that I talked about in November of 2018, and I've been talking about periodically every now and then. That meeting, the meeting they had in Barack Hussein Obama's office to delay or annul the elections. The want to stop him and who the players were. State Department, of course, Kerry knew everything. Biden, of course, was vice president. So he's running now just for cover because it's never been done that you go after someone that is actively seeking office. You wait because it can be seen as a political hit job, right? Especially when they're opposition. So you can't charge them. Right. You got to put it on pause. Right. Super pause. And Comey, just so you understand, 
Comey, who opened up the investigation for one day and within 24 hours plowed through, what is it, 700, 900,000 emails? I mean, please. That was done so that he can gain confidence with President Trump to say, look, man, I did my job. It's not like I was politically motivated. I just saw something and had to do it. Like, I'm impartial to this. Totally. Right, you were. It's a good thing POTUS had a lot of people, a lot of people out there that made enough noise to cut through the fabric. But right now, what, what, what is going on is that they are, there is no, stop, no, no limit to what they are capable of doing right now. Comey made it clear. Like I was reading his tweet over and over again and I was like, wait a minute, what code is he using? What is he saying? And I figured it out. They're using Roblox, dude, to communicate. (laughs) Roblox that has a bunch of servers and a bunch of names. And I put it out there for you guys. And I told Rick Grinnell, I don't know who they have in the intelligence community that can't find this stuff. But it's probably because they don't want to find it. I mean, it's not like you want to get on their bad side. Remember, Samantha Powers told us, the last thing you want to do is piss off John Brennan. Well, I'll tell you what. John Brennan is terrified that my lips are flapping. I know he is. And, you know, here I am telling the world he was my boss. I could tell you everything. And yet not one media outlet covers it. Because what did I say about that? Ah, well, I'm already, I already have mud everywhere on me. I mean, the discreditation started years ago because they knew where to go. They knew, they knew, and it all started, started, and that's okay. Cause I'm, I'm fine. I'll wear that as a medal, man. I don't wear it as an, an anything and they'll use your tragedy against you like nobody's business. But why aren't they to be, because they probably think I've seen their passport data too. I'm just saying. And you know, the one thing I do value is the oath that I took and the value of privacy. Okay. I have to say that I am a, no matter how much I loathe you, right? No matter how much I loathe you, unless you have committed murder or treason. Well, you know what? I have to take that back because the majority of the things that I've seen are treasonous and seditious. Uh, but it's not the time and place to talk about it. Um, and you know what? The way you garner information, it's like, what if I, for example, I'm just saying, not that it happened, but let's just pretend allegedly, right? That I had access to someone's, I don't know, personal texts on like Facebook or Twitter. I'm just saying. And I could see what they're really like. Is it fair for me to publish it? No, it's not because I violated their privacy illegally and it's not right. So what do I do with that information? I sit on it. And then I look to see where I can find clues like that out in the open so that I can draw from it to bring attention to it. Because it takes only very little to agitate. See, the one thing about corrupt people is that if you agitate them or um, I don't want to say contest. Well, I could say contest. If you, if you push them to the brink where they feel that you're a nuisance. Ah, that's a nice word. Nuisance. They will come at you. And they will come at you and expose themselves. For example, I had 
put out into the public sphere back in uh, 2017 and 2018 documentation pertaining to a memorandum of understanding uh, that the various attorney generals, including Texas, had signed with the FBI, which allowed them to create a tracing uh, to feed them information in PII and facial recognition data for identity tracking. Um, this is where this whole ID 2020 uh, plays into comes into play, just so you know. And so they pool all this information and they signed it. Well, there was one citizen that got whiff of this and did an open records request to the attorney, attorney general of North Dakota. And uh, this gentleman uh, sent him a letter and they denied the existence of this document. Now, this person had never seen this document. This person was not able to obtain this document and the document's existence was denied to be. So the attorney general told him such a document does not exist. Where are you getting such crazy information and shot him down? Well, hmm, I had that document. But I hadn't sourced it correctly yet. It was sitting, well, I did actually, but I couldn't use it in that capacity just to say, oh, well, it was in my team group for this agency and I'm just going to use it. Nope, I had seen it. So I went to work and I got the GSA to make it public. And so what did I do when I finally got that document? I nicely sent an email. Hey, I'm looking for this document titled this. And I get, I obviously am BCCing the original person who's like, how'd she get my email? And they're like, it does not exist. So then I'm like, oh, wow, that was a quick response. Did you have Comey's agents under your desk to um, find, sift through all the documents in your server to find it? That was super quick. Maybe you want to check with this title. Gave them exactly the title of the document. Yeah, you need to stop because we like totally don't have it the next day. And I'm like, okay, well, that's funny. And I attached the document to the email. That's funny. Oh, sorry, we didn't find it twice. Yeah. So now this guy took him to the Supreme Court and that's to come. Because when they're concealing actively and knowingly and willingly concealing information and not abiding by the same rules that they have implemented for others... That's a problem. So this is how we strike back. Example of how we strike back is what? We use the tools that are available to us. And this, this whole charade with Flynn was exactly that. It was exactly that. We had to use the weapons we had in our possession to move it forward. We had to use the avenues that are afforded to us above board to move forward. This is why everything I do is always above board. I may have received it in confidence. I may have seen it by accident. Nevertheless, I will never drop it in a subversive way because that makes me no better than the next one, right? It makes me no better than them ever. And for all of you out there, that is the way you should operate too. I mean, I'm just saying in, in a kind way, all of us should be kind and respect each other's privacy and rights, right? No matter how horrific they are. Like, I can't even imagine if I was able to like, you know, obviously if I'm asked by Congress to sit down and talk, you know, I, I'm going to have to say stuff that violates these elected people's privacy. 
but I would never do it, um, you know, just for the fun of it. Even though I do tease them and I bother them, I wouldn't do it. Now, speaking of what's to come next week, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, that's all I have to say. I mean, I was thinking that maybe this weekend we can have a lawn chair moment, so I'm still waiting to see if I see any of such movement, but um, that's more to come. I do know that, huh, just so you know, North Korea and Iran had been working together. I wanted to mention this before I forget. Um, North Korea and Iran have been working together for a very long time. A very long time. They have been partners in this um, subversive network, subversive to the people network, and um, they have been partnering on things. And what's startling to me right now is that, oh my gosh, we're going to get the unification of Korea thanks to <laughs> the IRGC. So I'm just letting you know that because that was, that's going to be very unexpected. I mean, uh, now that I think of it after, you know, running across the information that I saw, I thought to myself, well, hold on a second. Damn it. Why didn't I, you know, see this? Because obviously I could see the end, but I couldn't see the middle part. And what's the middle part is how it's going to happen. And I could never have guessed that it would have been, um, it would have been North Korea that did it. That's the thing. I would have never, ever guessed it. Like, how do you guess something like that? How do you guess that someone that is, um, you know, so corrupt, so embedded that they would actually be, um, the reason to take out the other when the other one is diffused. So you have to wonder who's fueling the IRGC now. I just wanted to plant that in there because uh, that may be important coming up Thursday next week. Uh, but before we move forward with closing this show, I have another 10 minutes. I still want to play three minutes of Hannity's um, clip because this is the most important part. Answers is scary. That quote quite literally is the definition of a perjury trap. But in Jim Comey's FBI, well, it was all means to an end. January 24th, Mr. Higher Loyalty, super patriot himself, Jim Comey, he directed his agents to ambush General Flynn at the White House. And as he bragged about to take advantage of the chaos in the White House, something he wouldn't do in the Obama Bush administrations or get away with and push aside all due process, which would be going through the White House general counsel. In other words, Comey's disreputable right-hand man, director, let's see, Deputy Director McCabe, well, he just told Flynn, oh, you don't need a lawyer. That was a lie, too. It was all a setup. And, and Comey sent them in. And like the idiotic, pompous jackass that Jim Comey bragged about, well, he bragged about the whole dirty trick on camera. Now, think about this. Does this sound like a guy that has a higher loyalty to truth, honor, law enforcement, the Constitution of the United States, because to me, he's the dirty cop that Joe DeGeneva warned us about. You look at this White House now, and it's hard to imagine two FBI agents ending up in the sit room. How did that happen? I sent them. Um, <laughs> um, something we, I probably wouldn't have done or maybe gotten away with in a more organized investigation, a more organized administration, in the George W. Bush administration, for example, or the Obama administration. And in both of those administrations, there was process. And so if the FBI wanted to send agents into the White House itself to interview a senior official, you would work through the White House counsel and there'd be discussions and approvals and who would be there. And I thought it's early enough 
Let's just send a couple guys over. Yeah, you think that's funny, Jim? Really? This is a 33-year veteran of this country, Jim Comey. Really? You don't need a lawyer. You're sending him in. You're setting him up. You're doing things you wouldn't do to anybody else. Wow. Jim Comey was using the Logan Act, 1799 law that nobody's ever been prosecuted under, ever, to squeeze Lieutenant General Flynn. Nobody ever found guilty of violating that obscure law since uh, 1799. And get this, the agents that conducted the ambush, they didn't think that Flynn was lying. We don't have the original 302 notes that Strzok and Page are talking about seemingly altering later on. Because in search of a crime, you got people like Strzok and Page doing the bidding of Comey and McCabe. They made significant revisions to the initial 302. In other words, they changed the interview notes. They set them up again. And by the way, they invented the perjury trap. That's by saying you don't need a lawyer. Well, what's our goal here? Do we want him to lie? We want to set him up for perjury so he gets prosecuted? And all the while, Comey, McCabe, Rod Rosenstein and others, they themselves premeditated fraud on the FISA court. Heard that a lot from me over the last three years, despite knowing full well that Hillary's bought and paid for dossier, even the New York Toilet Paper Times figured out was likely Russian disinformation from the beginning. Actually, it was not Russian disinformation, okay? Russia was not our biggest threat ever. It was always China, but it was the CCP that we created. Remember, Truman did this. (laughs) Truman Show, guys. Truman did this. Eisenhower put in things that have come to fruition now to avoid it. I've told you, I tried to warn everyone in 1999 and in 2000 and in 2001, we've been down this road before. So if you had to come up with one scenario of what is really going on, both white hats, black hats, right? All of this, because they're all doing the same thing. Okay. So you being the neutral party, the gray hat, right? Which means I could see the black I could see the white and I'm just going to sit back and observe. This is how it is. Let's imagine evil Comey, evil Barack Hussein, because they are satanically evil, got together and they said, we're going to build uh, a graveyard and we're going to all dig. And then you have the white hat saying, yeah, but we're knocking in the nails to create the coffins for you to get into that. Right. This is how they work together. See, when you have something that is bipolar, meaning two sides, right, that are competing, they give you the illusion that always one, think about it, think about it. You've got a rectangle and you've got your left and your right. Let's put it that way. And they're always competing. As the competition ensues, it seems that the floor is equal because they're tugging and pushing. Goes to left, collapse. Goes to right, falls down. Well, what if we didn't need them and we just had the center of gravity of that floor and stood in the middle? Ah, then the floor would be level and then we wouldn't need this constant push and pull. So what is that? Well, that graveyard is exactly what you're seeing right now. If you could sum it up, that is the graveyard. That includes everything. Trump, Obama, you know, the white hats, the black hats, the, the, the mainstream media, the lamestream media, the fake news media, the fake citizen journalists, the pundits, the ones that rise, the ones that do all of them, put them all in one box and title it graveyard because they have been both working to bury 
you. Both of them. And not with bad intentions from the white hats and supposedly the black hats think that they're doing the best for you. Obviously, you know, they get to gain from it, but that's just a positive byproduct, of course. (laughs) So think about it. We don't need two sides pulling. There's no right and wrong. There's got to be a middle because we're all different. And that's where it comes to you. When do you recognize that we must sit in the middle? When do you recognize that there is no accommodation? There is no, (laughs) I mean, man, see, that's the thing. It's always a power struggle. If you pull too much power to give it to the people, then you have, you know, disorganized chaos. If you pull it too right to give power to people to rule over people, then you have organized chaos and, 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 and misery. So you need to keep it in the middle, which is, you know, that bringing those two sides together in the middle. And the only way you do that is with transparency. I mean, everybody has got to know every single fact because the minute everything is transparent, everyone's suddenly on the same page, you know, unlike (laughs) the testimony that uh, Schiff was sitting on and the testimony that Roberts doesn't want, you know, out there because it would be like, oh, so you mean that so-and-so bought a car from the Trump family and then Redaction, 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 redaction. Possible in that crime family? Redaction. Trump family? Redaction. And then suddenly you're like, oh my gosh, he's like totally embedded with those mobsters. And you're just like, no, the redactions are not saying that. But you can't see behind the redactions because it's all about giving you the illusion of what they want you to know. Um, so uh, yesterday on um, for, for my subscribers, I put up um, uh, the pre recorded pre-show link where I added all the stuff that I played live, but I added to it. Um, I wanted you guys to know that um, I'm going to be putting an exclusive interview um, as well this weekend that I'll be taping on Saturday with someone. And um, I'd love your feedback on it. For those of you that are my subscribers, I'd love your feedback so we can start a discussion on that. Um, I just wanted to point that out because I got a lot of emails and feedback on that. Yes, uh, maybe I should be doing some of those, you know, pre-shows, pre for my subscribers. Uh, The reason I did it is because I wanted to give you a little bit more on what we were talking about yesterday. Um, And you obviously realize the, the hinting in that. So on that note, being that the weekend is here and um, it's that time. Next week, we are going to see some amazing developments, the developments that will appease your inner troll, right? We all have that inner troll. I mean, I, I, I crap post all the time. I mean, I love horrible memes. Um, I have very dark humor sometimes, and that's because I find the beauty in um, our flaws, I think the best beauty that anything has, either that be a situation or a person, is the imperfections and the ability to look at them and laugh at them uh, because that's, what's, that's what makes you human, right? So SCOTUSgate is in full-blown uh, you know, effect. Started on the eve of what I said. I said it was going to happen May 5th, and here it is. That's going to be way bigger than Russia hoax, way bigger than Spygate, way bigger than everything. We're going to start to see our allies this month uh, take a side on a fence, which is horrible. 
And um, it'll devastate a lot of us because that brings uh, a global uncertainty to us, like where we sit, uh, you know, with the rest of the nations on this planet. And it'll be very difficult for people who have created this idea in their mind of who is a good guy, who's a good country, bad country. I mean, you know, when you think of Africa, you think corruption, they're slaughtering people with machetes. But think about it this way. This pandemic is being exposed by the Africans, Tanzania, Nigeria, they're all on it. <laughs> Remember, I said Africa was going to be very, very important. Imagine that the dark continent that we have not given power to, that we have not connected with the rest of the world purposely, is the one that is shedding light brighter than you have ever seen. Uh, the one that is, you know, up to their eyeballs in misery, in pain, in corruption, is the one that's shining the brightest right now. So keep your eyes on Africa. Um, and also keep your eyes on um, what's going on with North Korea and Iran because, you know, that'll kind of be like, whoa, didn't see that whiplash, uh, you know, because Rocket Man um, is having, is trying to be careful. So on that note, I want to um, tell you guys to stay tuned. Next week is going to be awesome. And again, I'm just going to play this little thing from General Flynn for all of you. Here we go. After nearly four years, my family's nightmare is finally over. We couldn't have survived this without the love and support of the millions of patriots around the world. Thank you from the bottom.